And this morning we heard from from uh, Reverend Dennis Cry, and it was powerful. And uh, you should have been here for the pre-service time because it was, I, you know, I didn't want to get up and, and make any announcements or anything because it was so anointed and so powerful. And uh, but tonight we get to hear from uh, Mrs. Cry. Leanne will be here, and she's welcome to come up right now and take the time and. We just appreciate them and are so glad that they are here. Amen. Praise God. We have, <laughs> we have learned to depend on the Holy Spirit, to be our teacher and guide, leading us into all truth. And I know that when he is emphasizing something or reminding us of something, there's purpose with it. And when he is doing that, it's so important that we pay attention. So several weeks ago, I was praying for the body of Christ. And this phrase just came up out of my heart. And and this phrase was, worry wants to steal the power of prayer. But it says worry wants to steal it. It doesn't mean that it can steal it or it will steal it. It means that worry right now wants to steal steal the power of prayer in the church. And so it's time for us in the body of Christ to even become more aware and more skilled at recognizing and not cooperating with it. I'm speaking to myself And I know I'm speaking into the body of Christ. It's a time for us to become more aware and more skilled at recognizing and not cooperating with worry. Worry is defined as uneasiness and anxiety about the future. We are known from the Bible that worry is an expression of fear. It's a response to fear. We know that when we've gotten into fear, you will start worrying. It affects our emotions because it's a spiritual force. Fear is a spiritual force, just like faith is a spiritual force. And so it makes us miserable. It wants to take away our commanding voice. And one thing that, you know, we would think about this with worry, that You know, if it were just a natural situation and we could have a natural answer, we would try to talk ourselves out of it. But we find we can't. And because who would ever worry? When you realize at the end, any of us who've gotten into worry, it never solved anything. It never improved anything. All it did was steal. And one of the biggest things it steals is our focus. I heard a man of God that we listen to at times, and he will talk about that he makes a practice of just turning his heart and affections to God during the day. But especially when he's getting ready to go to sleep at night, he will turn his affections and heart and worship to God. And then even if he wakes up in the night, he will do that. So one night, you know, he, there was a time when there was a great crisis going on in the church. And, but he had done that where he turned his heart and his worship to God. But he woke up in the night. And instead of 
adjusting his heart and turning his focus and worshiping the Lord, he started worrying. And the worry, you know, when it starts, it starts building and building. He spent most of the night in worry. And the next morning, when he did get up, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And he said, worry replaced worship. So when I heard that, it just put something inside me. Like, no. Because that worry then almost gives the reverence to the enemy and his power. And it put a picture like, no. When I have caught myself starting to worry, I will on purpose stop and start to worship God and change my focus. One thing that is so good is we're not left with all the negatives. You know, in 2 Timothy 1.7, if you want to put that up, I think it's a scripture we all know, but I believe it's a scripture that's going to be coming more and more alive to us because it says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So we know that there is provision. There is provision to overcome it. And also notice it does say a spirit of fear. So sometimes when fear comes and it is a spirit, it will not just be a thought. It will be a whole influence. Sometimes it can almost be like an atmosphere will try to change. And that's where we recognize that God, there is also the spirit of faith. And so we must do several things. For one thing, uh, I guess the Holy Spirit's been helping me to start becoming more aware. I got to resist this because these are all things I know. It's one thing to know them. It's another thing to do them. And it's another thing to do them out of works. It's another thing to do them because that impetus and power of the Spirit of God. Because it says in James 4-7, it says, he says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So if we know that fear comes from the devil, and the word says we can resist the devil, then we know we can resist fear. And I think it's something we all know. But if we get into patterns where we don't start to catch it and resist it. This morning when uh, we were praying a pre-service prayer, uh, there was a time we started praying and, and words were starting to come out. And my husband prayed out that, about the recognition group. And you think, okay, that's just words. But when you start to give, give recognition that the Holy Spirit is saying something, he wants there to be the recognition group. That we would recognize what God wants to do, and we would recognize what the enemy wants to do. And when we start to recognize, it says that we're not to be ignorant of his devices. So when we recognize fear trying to creep in, worry trying to creep in, we start to say, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to let myself go like I did last time, where I let myself entertain it, where I let myself get over into it further and further, and then it was hard to get out of it. So it says that so we resist it, 
I think that there's something that rehearsing over in my heart is as I'm hearing these scriptures, if it says to resist the devil, it's because then we can rehearse that because we can't resist something if we don't know we can. And I think when we get into worry, we get into emotional situation. Our emotions can start to, to get involved and we don't even start to think I can, I can get, I can change this. And it is a temptation to worry. That's another thing we have to catch. I can, because as we know that, uh, and sometimes there's harder things we're walking through, but that's where we're getting sharp right now. We're getting sharp in the spirit and we're catching this. Uh, we all know scriptures and teachings that have been about how the mind is the battlefield of Satan. You know, he will suggest that negative thought to you. And then he waits to see how we react to it, doesn't he? And then he accuses you that it was your thought. And what we have to get again is recognizing and not cooperating with it and determining, you know what, that, would, that thought didn't originate with me. That thought did not originate with me. That is not a thought from God. And I am not letting that stay. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, you want to put that up? Another scripture that probably we have heard, we've studied, we've even quoted. But I believe there's a, a, there's a strengthening in the church right now of us doing it. It says, you cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I believe we can even start to do some things in the natural to assist this. I found in the morning, I would start to practice what are my thoughts. If I'm starting to have a thought that's negative, that's putting me down, that's defeating me, that's discouraging me, I'm endeavoring to train myself again. Because sometimes we've been in sharper in something and we've let it slip. But in the morning, first thoughts coming in my mind. And then I'll kind of even mentally, even about with noontime, and before I go to bed. Now that doesn't, that just means, but, I, but purposing in my heart, I'm checking my thoughts. Because I realize if this thought leads to defeat, I need to take that right now and not let that linger. Of course we know probably the, the biggest way to resist this is to put the light in. Is to put the word in. Because we know that if we don't put the word in and we don't know the truth, that when that lie starts to come, we may not even recognize that first it's a lie or like we said before, this is not a natural problem. It's a spiritual problem. And we can't outthink it. We can't stay in the reasoning realm. 
So, and we've heard this taught. I'm sure many of you have heard this taught. You have to speak that word back. But if we haven't put it in, how can the Holy Spirit bring it to our remembrance to speak it out? And sometimes we have to back up to go forward. And I just realized that, you know, I remember early days being in this. And we would be taught, if you're having bad thoughts and the enemy has given you thoughts, you need to speak the word out loud. And we were faithful to do it. And somehow we'd let that slip. And there are times that we know we need to hear ourselves speak the truth coming out of our mouth. I remember years and years ago hearing a Bible teacher that I so respect. And she would talk about this lady that this was on the farm days and she would be out there just milking the cows and she would be confessing the word and just confessing the word. And her daughter said, Mom, what are you doing? And, of course, this is farm days, you know, back when, you know, my mom used to can everything. You canned everything so it was ready for when you needed it. It was ready for a storm. It was ready. She says, I'm canning the word. So if we, uh, there's times, there's, and there's times in our lives when we even need to put more of the word in us. Not work, but just a stirring and saying, oh, I'm bringing light. I'm bringing strength. Romans 15, 4 is one scripture that just recently really blessed me. It says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And another translation even says by endurance, by endurance and encouragement drawn from the scriptures. After I read that, it says endurance and encouragement drawn from the scriptures. So that paints a picture of being drawn from the scriptures. When I get ready to read the word next time, I'm planning on making a draw. Because if we sometimes can just get to be reading the word, but are we going there with expectation of drawing from it? Hallelujah. I do, and of course we do know it is in, it is in Revelations 12, 10. I don't believe we need to turn there, but that's where it says to the, the devil's an accuser. So we need to just get smart that when some of these negative things are coming, because uh, his whole purpose then um, is, for, is to try to defeat us. And I, like I mentioned before about actually going back and speaking God's word back. And it's so true. Sometimes when you're having a thought, you're never going to get well. You're never going to get a job. You do need to hear yourself say what the truth is. And even things that are being said on a national level and even in the church. There are things we do need to be declaring about the church right now. I want to to switch a little bit and uh, just give you some word pictures that I believe, you know, uh, will be a help to us. Uh, three of our grandsons are skaters. And this is so unusual because we both came from southwest Kansas. No water, no ponds, no lakes, no ice, no ice skating. 
So, so hockey was something that I didn't even, I had never even watched. So when we moved to Duluth, Minnesota, I mean, we moved to Duluth, Minnesota, where the hockey is hockey. And uh, so we got introduced to it a little bit. And then when I, we are, we have five grandsons and three of them now are skating. One of them is, uh, is 13. He's been, you know, skating for five years and we have one who's just now learning and it's just so fun. I mean, he falls down, but it gets back up. So we have been, you know, for five years watching our oldest grandson be a goalie, which means we have gone to quite a few games and Dennis teases me because he says that um, when our grandson's out there as the goalie, that he goes, I'm on the ice with him. And it's true. It is true. I've got to help him get that puck stuff. And so, um, so I, there's a lot about the game I still don't understand. And as it gets more advanced, I have to, you know, uh, ask questions. There are some things about being with a goalie and him stopping that puck. But I found correlations with us as believers stopping those negative thoughts. So I want to give you a little short course on being a grandmother of a goalie. So um, a, a goalie is a heavily padded player who prevents the opponents from scoring by stopping that puck any way he can, any way he can, from crossing that line. And so... Um, I've noticed that uh, when our grandson is endeavoring to stop that puck, it takes a lot of movement, a lot of skill. But uh, I want to go through and just lay out a few things I've noticed the most. And one thing is about being alert. When he was first beginning, you know, they had the little, the little pads and everything, and you're out there and you have the little goals. And sometimes you'd have some skaters that hardly shoot. And so there was much, not much action on the goalie because nobody could even skate to get to the goal or skate to get the, the score in. And so I would notice that our grandson, if there's a lot of action down on that side of, of the rink, you know, I could see him after a little while starting to look over here and maybe play with his stick and everything. And then all of a sudden the, the skaters would be coming his way and he'd be caught off guard. He was, and that can happen with us. Sometimes in the church, we can just all get caught up in our natural lives, what we're doing, you know, just get busy with everything and just kind of lose our sharpness in the spirit. And all of a sudden something comes and we're not ready. But I've noticed that as he has done this, you know, over a period of time, it didn't take long for him to recognize. Just one couple times where he got scored on, he started paying attention. It may be down there, and it looks like there's no action, but he's watching. He's ready. He may have to wait quite a while before anyone's coming down this way, but he's ready. And so I've seen that about him being alert and not being distracted. Um, And also, we recognize that he had to become very skilled uh, about the weak spots. Because the players the shooters, they also start reading the goalie. And they can start to say, oh, that goalie, he's really good with a stick. He can, he's, or this one's really good catching with a glove. But he, he, he can't get the high shots at all. 
They start to watch that goalie, and they know the weak spots, and they'll shoot for those weak spots. So I recognize we may have one area where, you know, where fear just doesn't really seem to have much interest. Worry doesn't seem to, to be as much of a problem. But we might have another area, past experiences, whatever, and the devil knows those weak spots. And that's where when we start to realize I have a tendency to worry in this area, okay, we make a change. Um, the, the other thing that uh, I found is the thing that would really catch him off guard are those unexpected shots. So that alertness. The, uh, the one thing that, um, that I've noticed that um, it, says, it says the goalie sometimes he does not get the fuck stopped in time. Yeah, and so if he, let's say he gets scored on quite a few times in one game, I can tell you when he goes to that next practice, he is paying attention to what defeated him last time. And he's honing in on those skills that those shots that got past him last time are not getting past him this time. We may have had a negative thought that we received as our own. We may have a negative thought that scored. And we got into worry and isn't worry miserable. And it took us maybe a time to get out of it. But then we think, you know what? I'm going to get in the word in that area. I'm going to get some more skill in recognizing that. Those shots, those negative thoughts, those negative thoughts that scored last time, they're not scoring next time. That's where we cast down those high imaginations. The other thing I've noticed with our grandsons, grandson, he has really quick reflexes. He he also was a pitcher last summer, and they would they would hit the ball, and many times he would he caught that ball, and we all was going, where did he get the ball? Where did he see the ball? He has so trained his reflexes to be quick, and that's another thing I think we're just saying is there comes to be Lord help us to quickly catch it. If we may we may have gotten a pattern, we may have been in a family that worried a lot. We know from Dr. Horton's uh, Dave Horton's testimony. He was in a family who didn't worry. I mean, amazing testimonies that we've heard of with his family. But some of us may have grown up in families where worry was normal. Worry was a way of life. Worry was a habit. But it doesn't make any difference. We can still overcome that, and we can get quick. We can become quick about catching it. The other thing that I've noticed about it with our grandson and all of them that have been in the sports how they become so disciplined. There's Sometimes there are very early practices. There are late practices. There are inconvenient practices. And when he goes to practice, you don't mess around. They work hard. And I thought, what does it talk about? In the, in the Amplified, even says he's not going to give us a sound mind. He's given us a disciplined mind. So if, a, if our minds have gotten a little bit unruly, it may take some time to start catching that thought. But anything we know when it's a thought that starts to cause worry, starts to cause us to lose peace, 
starts causing us to be down on ourselves, what are we doing about it? I believe we're going to become more aware and more skillful at recognizing and not cooperating with it. We're going to have disciplined minds. And, you know, it's, we all have to start a different place. And, and if there's, and no matter, if there's even someone out there listening and you say, I know I'm worried. Well, the next thing we know that not only is the devil accuser, he's the one who brings condemnation. So we don't, we're not going there. But we just recognize, hey, I'm going to have a disciplined mind. Hallelujah. The other thing that I've noticed is the endurance. Um, when he was little, you know, and we'd go to these matches and they were real short. Well, then after a while, they started having these weekends with tournaments. And so you play this game in the morning and then you play a game in the afternoon. And then maybe really, you know, late that night you have another game. And if you win, then you, if you win, then you're going to play again in the morning. And if you win, you're going to play again in the afternoon. So you might start having these these, they were, I guess they call them then matches, where he might have five games. And many times it's the ones that are in shape. They're in skill, but they're endurance. Because as the fatigue comes in, they start making mistakes. And then they start not being, not being as fast. And so I recognize, I think the Lord, you are helping the church right now. We are not going to be slothful. We are building endurance. We are building an appetite and endurance for spiritual things. And if the battle gets longer, if we have more that we need to be staying focused on, because, you know, how we can do something spiritual and then, okay, whew, you know, and then we'll go do our own, relax. There may be some seasons when we have got to stay engaged more. And hallelujah, we're building up endurance. Uh, the other, the, I'm okay in my time, right? Okay. Um, the the part that we we couldn't even keep up with this for a while on which team he was on, because he plays on this team and then he's on a specialty team and we go now just a minute. It, doesn't he supposed to have a blue jersey? No, he has on a red jersey. No, he's, he has a black jersey tonight. So we have to locate what the team is, but we do notice he does have a shirt. And he does, it does belong to someone, and there's ownership of it. And so there is a place here. We are gods. We are on a team. Hallelujah. But, and I, and with this team, there has to be teamwork. A couple of the times when he's had a really tough time as a goalie is when some of, let's say he's on a different team, and the defense players that are supposed to help be in support to him, aren't doing their job. And usually when he gets a score against him, it's because they've shot in, he got it stopped, it bounced, it bounced off. Another player, though, was right there, shot it again. Maybe he got that one stopped, but there's no defense player to help him. And then there's another shot comes in, maybe from the third time, and uh, he doesn't get that one. And so that's the part of us being a team. Because sometimes there's even more things happening against some people. And we come in alongside with someone in a battle. 
you know, and we'll we'll help cover you. We'll help we'll help you. We'll, we'll but the thing I found is that no matter who there is to assist him, no one else can stop that puck but him. So we have people, I mean, there's been times, I can't tell you, the prayer prayer people that have helped us, or a word, or maybe a message, or just something from the Spirit of God, but it came down to me. It comes down to us saying, no, that thought's not mine. No, I'm not going there. No, no, no. Hallelujah. Um, there, there, there was one tournament we went to where, um, oh my goodness, he was just getting shots on him all the time. And like we've already said, you know, I'm down there like, oh my gosh, because they'll start to be like shot, 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 shot coming at him. And, uh, and one of, and they'll get, one of them got in. And Dennis, Dennis just said, you know, he's got to shake it off. He's got to shake it off. Because, you know, and he's really good about it. I mean, I'm feeling worse than he is. I'm up there going, you know, I, all I want is the other team to get away and get over to the other side and get some pressure off of him. But they, I've noticed that if he wouldn't, if he doesn't shake it off and he's thinking about that mistake, he'll make another one. He'll make another one. Because you're, and have you noticed that? That sometimes the devil does not even have to bring up our past. We can just push the replay button. And I think that's what can really happen is the enemy can come and say, you know, the last time you were believing God for healing, uh, you didn't get it. Or or you were believing God for money and, and you know what, did it come in? He'll try to think, he'll try to think of, remind you of some failure, some, some experience, or some mistake that you made. You made the mistake and you opened it up. And he wants you to start dwelling on that. And you won't miss, you'll miss the next shot he's at. So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you know, Dennis is really good about that. About just forget it. We're going on. And so the moral of the story on that one is we got to shake it off. Whatever it is. And we go on. Because isn't it crazy that somehow we can think, think by thinking about it. We can still fix it. If we keep replaying it, somehow we're going to, and we know that's not the truth. Um, the thing other I've noticed that he, ha- that how teachable we have to be and how flexible. Um, that's one of the things that just amazes me when I watch our grandson, uh, the way he has to be in so many different positions. I mean, he'll be to this side, you know, and then he's over to this side, and then he's got his glove raised, and he's got his stick down, and then he's falling on his legs. This can all happen within minutes. I mean, and I've seen him then like, okay, he's, he's, he's had to go down on his knees to stop the puck. Then he, then he even knows he can, he can get back up on his skates. And then they're coming in from that side. So it goes over to this side. And then he goes over that side. And I thought, he is so flexible. He is so flexible. He is so teachable. And I thought, Lord, you know what's coming against us. You know what we need. And if we'll stay so yielded to you, you'll say, oh, let's, let's praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord today. Let's just worship the Lord. Let's just be, you know, he'll give you another direction. He'll say, you know, go get in the Psalms today. 
He'll give you another direction. He'll say, now, you know, just deal with that and get your heart cleaned about that. He'll keep us where we are so fluid, where those things that would want to try to be, those fiery darts cannot stick. Um, I have three more, and they'll be real fast. Uh, There is a determination. Sometimes when we play card games, I wish that this determination to win that's on the ice follows through with that everything we play with them. You know, I mean, you know, any time we play any game with them, there is a determination we will win. But I have seen that determination so give them strength. And so, you know, I just thought, Leanne, are you, when are you going to get mad about what's getting stolen from what Jesus provided? And how that makes him sad. It makes him sad. He's provided it. The enemy plants his strategy. And there is so much in the spirit right now for the church and praying. We cannot afford to let worry come in and steal the power in prayer. Um, of course, we talked about, you know, the skill. Uh, I've noticed that as he has gotten older, the net's bigger, his equipment's bigger, he has more territory, and he has harder shots. He he knows then when that player is really good at the wrist shot, or that good that player is really good at the slap shot. He knows he better be on high alert. Sometimes we hear on high alert in our country, high alert, high alert. And the, I want to close with this. Um, and of course, you know, from the time they're very little, you can see that they all at the very beginning. They're all, none, nobody's passing to anybody else when they're learning, you know, because it's all their idea. They're going to take this puck and, you know, even our five-year-old grandson, he can't even stand up. But, man, he's going to get that puck, you know, into the goal because they say their name. <laughs> you know, and so over the PA system, even when they're seven years old, hey, score by, you know, you know, done and cry. Of course, they always say cray. And so... um uh, we just watched by on video of our grandson just recently, and he did a great job this time being a goalie. And so, you know, they'll, they yell out, save, amazing, save, a save, you know, a save, you know, by, by, you know, I can't, I promise I wouldn't give his name, by, you know, our grandson cry. And so there's this cheering and this celebration, the team all cheers, we're all, we're all cheering, and, uh, and even afterwards, the announcer at the end, they go, wasn't that a great job? That goalie, what he did, you know, all those saves. And they don't, they don't talk to about his misses. They shout out the saves. And, what, and then all the other teams, they come and they hug the, the goalie. But I think it's time for a shout out. I, yes, there's times there's things coming in, but there's celebrations for the saves. We've got a lot more saves than we think we do. Because the enemy always is going to bring out when we when we had when it missed it, we have a lot more saves, and we're going to do a lot more saves in the future. In fact, right now it's very critical that we are the ones we stop those pucks. There's saves going on in the spirit right now in the name of Jesus. So I think I'm on my time. So I'm, Hallelujah. See, I am talking, and I have a coach out here on the front lot, front row. So I have a, yes, a save. 
Hallelujah. 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 Well, praise God. I believe there is a real quickening happening in the body of Christ. I think any, even someone out there where you'd say, I feel like I've been defeated with worry. The anointing of God is always with a message. And when the Holy Spirit is highlighting something, there's always the anointing and power to bring change. So I lift that up right now. I lift up all of us, Lord, that I think we are becoming so keen in the spirit and aware. And if we've even been defeated in this area, I say there's change tonight. And, Father, I lift up one who right now they don't have any hope of ever changing from worrying. I thank you, Lord, the light shines. The entrance of the word brings change tonight. And there is a new perspective of this, that I can live a life that's not with worry. I can come out of old habits. I can come out of a lifestyle. So I thank you. We will not have our focus on worry. We will have our focus on worship. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.